So next up, and I do believe we have Lisa on the line, Lisa McGuigan in the Hunter Valley. Lisa, can you hear me? Hello, Gillian. Beautiful. How are you, Lisa? I'm great. Good. I've got a lovely Barossa thing behind me, even though I'm on the Gold Coast. It's just, you know, it's it's my own little indulgence. So um, you're in the Hunter Valley today. What's the the weather like? Well, actually, it's fabulous because yesterday it was the other extreme. We had thunder, lightning, you name it, we had it. And today (laughs) is absolutely stunning. Well, you need it. And so it's actually obviously a perfect day for people to be uh, going out and seeing cellar doors and tasting great wine. So talking about that, let's talk about your cellar door. So before I completely hand over to you, Lisa McGuigan, as I, I did mention in the intro, fourth generation winemaker, very well-known Australian family. We actually had her father, Brian, on the show a few months ago. But Lisa is, uh, she's 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 definitely fallen far from the tree. Um, and I'm going to let you tell your story and tell us all about the cellar door but actually let's start with your story how is it that you decided to go into wine when you decided that you wouldn't go into wine (laughs) well that's (laughs) a good question um but you know when you're growing up you think that what your dad does is well I, i loved what he did but i thought it was a bit daggy at school i would think it's daggy i wouldn't be um talking about what my dad did as I'm sure you would agree, it's not something yes. that young young girls do. And so one of those things was one of the reasons why I was a little bit shy about what my dad did was because he started a company called Wyndham Estate. And one of the attractions at that property where I grew up was that he'd put on rock concerts. So not that he's a rock star, <laughs> I'd like to be. But, no, um, he, he, yeah. <laughs> Um, but we had we had they had bands there like Sherbet, Marsha Hines, and uh, mm-hmm. they used to perform in a great staging uh, position, which was in the Hunter River. And back then it was a drought; you could rely on it being empty and um, or as dry. There'd be uh, kind of sand dunes all through the, the river, and they would put on a massive stage in the in the river. So it would be amazing because you could sit from both sides all on the bank and uh, enjoy the stage production. So all of those things were going on when I was at school. And so all my girlfriends would be like, oh, Marsha Hines is coming. And I was a bit shy about it all. But anyway, I guess that probably got me started on not wanting to do what my dad did. Mm -hmm. And, And then when I'd finished high school, I wanted to, I didn't want to study winemaking, which is what uh, my dad thought I was going to do and he was always kind of busy running this company which was a public company so we didn't sit around the table talking about my career aspirations and I just got on with what I wanted to do and then I enrolled in visual arts anyway and so just after Christmas when all the acceptances came through and results I was very excited and he said but I thought you were going to be going to Roseworthy which is the wine college in South Australia. And anyway, it all started then that I realised that that wasn't uh, what he wanted me to do. And back then, I think you did what your dad wanted you to do in a way. Mm. Uh, and so I, because I wouldn't change what I wanted to study, I got sent off on the first flight to Switzerland and... I was sent to a finishing school. And so that was because <laughs> to I... To become I, a lady. <laughs> to become a lady <laughs> because I'd accidentally said 
something on my mutters under my breath, a word that I won't say, but it wasn't that bad. It was like poo or something. And he decided I needed to be sent off to become a lady. And that was the best thing he could have done, although I cried all the way. And Uh I turned 18 on the day I arrived in this finishing school, which was like a boarding school. Mm. But it was only one night that I wasn't, um, wasn't happy. It was absolutely amazing being there. And one of the things that I was very interested in was, well, firstly, learning to speak French because I'd only ba- studied basic languages at school and by the mm. time I got through the first semester, I was quite good with the French because we studied in French and if I couldn't speak French, you couldn't speak. That was the house language. So that, that, you know, when you're in a situation where you've got no choice, well, you kind of get onto things pretty quickly. So that was the first thing that became a great benefit. And... Obviously, with wine, a lot of the um, uh, the inspirational producers of the world come from France, and you look to France to see how the masters have created various styles of wine. And so, being able to uh, converse in French it was quite handy back in in my days of travelling around the French regions. The main thing that I found that was amazing being sent to the finishing school was no longer did I want to studying visual arts but I fell in love with uh, hotel management and that's when hotel management schools in the Europe um, in Europe was just the most popular study back in the we're talking about the late 80s yeah late 80s yeah and so I fell absolutely in love with the course that was being offered so I changed from the finishing becoming a lady to <laughs> be beginning my uh, hotel management studies. And so uh, it, it was an absolute miracle that I got sent to do this because I think I was actually, I found myself when I got to do that. So I came back a year later and I pretended to be a lady and my dad didn't know I'd changed courses because the account, the bill was in French. So <laughs> It was good. And so when I returned, I then completed my studies here in Australia in hotel management and I worked in five-star hotels for the next 10 years. Wow, that long. Okay. Yes. It was... Sorry, I can hear some beeping on my connection here. (laughs) I'm so sorry about that. Uh, And so I then lived in Sydney and worked in the five-star industry for the the following 10 years. And in one of my positions at uh, one of the hotels, I was the wine buyer. And so that was right up my alley. Uh, But having spent some time in Europe, I also was able to travel around a bit. So I got to know for an Aussie girl, a little bit more about those regions and the styles that uh, come from those regions and was very traditional in my mind about wine. Uh, But one of the things that I noticed when I was getting samples from representatives and uh, people would leave things behind for us to taste on our panel was that I felt like it was just a bit um, very traditional wine in Mm. Australia and the packaging was the most most traditional and I'm not very traditional. I don't know if you know that. Jillian, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm beginning to get a slight understanding, Lisa. <laughs> well, you know, 
I think maybe you can relate to that. And so when the reps would come and leave their um, wines behind, this is back in the days where there weren't mobile phones, so you couldn't leave your phone number on the back and then the company could ring you if they had any queries. You had to put everything on there and you had a landline. And I would receive these uh, um, products and they just basically you didn't even receive a, a, a price list on the in the package it was just very um boring i thought and so over the two years when i was looking at these products intensely to put on the list and we reviewed our list uh every three months because we had several restaurants in the hotel and it just kept i kept thinking i just really love to do something a little bit different that stood out so that I, I'd get excited if I received it, if 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 I was given this by a company. And so it took two years and then I put together my own uh, brand and I left the hotel industry and launched a product called Tempest 2. And so the... A very brand, well-known brand, of course. And so the brand, I was based in Sydney still and I, I was until uh, for the next 30 years. So I'm getting older as we speak, aren't I? And <laughs> the, and I've, I I uh, did, I ran that brand for ten years. In the first year, I um, I used my uh, savings from working in hotels, and I quickly ran out of dough because I had produced about ten thousand cases, and that was enough. That was that used, that used up my whole super or whatever it was I used to get it going. And the brand became really, really popular, which is a, um, a girl's dream, I guess you would understand. And it uh, can often take a long time to get a brand going, but I it went it went really well. And I then had to get some backing by my dad's company, so I did come come back to the family, but it did take about <laughs> took a while. Years, yes, <laughs> and so. These days, my dad's really happy because we don't reflect on when I wasn't with him, but now he's very happy and we get, we get on really well. So we have a quite well, we're opposing in many opinions. However, we get on really well. And the assistance that the company gave me when I was doing tips two enabled me to get the brand to half a million cases by the 10th wow. year that I was there. So that Gosh. was that was an amazing opportunity and I used uh, pr- uh, all the fruit from the um, McGuigan Wines Company back then mm. and then I ended, up running the, I ended up running the marketing for the company. So once I'd done that, I I don't know, I have a 10-year thing in me. It must be something from um, birth that I'm 10 years and I'm often doing something else. But so you have like the 10-year itch when other people have like the seven-year itch. Is that what you're saying, Lisa? Yes, because I don't like seven. I'm into numerology. And totally. You've got to change number. it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Got to round it up. And then I created my next brand, which was just simply using my name, which is Lisa William White. And so that's been going now for about eight or nine years. And I mainly sold that around Australia into restaurants and premium um, bottle shops. So it depended on those companies and a lot of them are now owned by the big guys. So and lucky I get on with the big guys. But I think the independents are where my brand worked. And then just before the virus, I had decided that it would be great to have a cellar door that 
I'd had when I was at Tempest 2, I'd set that up, but I didn't really run it. I had a manager there, but I decided oh, it'd be good to be around the valley a bit more uh, because I wasn't, I didn't come back to the Hunter weekly. It was, I'd see my parents every month or so when I came up for meetings and I thought this amazing piece of land came up and of course it was uh, Daddy, which I don't really call him Daddy except when I'm being cheeky. <laughs> he and a couple <laughs> of investors owned and the investors are big guys in the Hunter and this piece of land they were about to sell it on because they bought it to make sure uh, because it's on the gateway to the, to the valley, which is on Broke Road in Pecolburn. There's a restaurant there, the first restaurant ever built in Hunter Valley is called Blacksland's. Oh, and I know it well. I oh, you do know it well, too. Oh, I've been there many times. Great steaks. Oh, well, I'd love to have a steak there with you. Yeah, sometime. totally. In early January, that we're doing that. Mm -hmm. It's still there, that restaurant. I love and it. It's on the it's on the land, and the rest of the land around this restaurant is just like a paddock with heaps of trees. It's it's mm. uh, yes, and it's it's actually very beautiful. It's opposite Hope Estate, and so yep. this area is becoming a nice uh, gateway to the valley. Anyway, they these these boys uh, had the land, and they were just about to uh, sell it on to someone who wanted to put in a fairly um, big development, and then. Because the three of them have daughters, we're all similar age, they convinced the three of us independently to put uh, some development on ourselves. So the three of us have got uh, these these outlets that we're building there. And so mine's one of the first ones to be completed. And mm -hmm. what happened was I, it was com the building was completed, took a year, completed uh, about... Oh, two weeks before the virus put everyone into lockdown. And so yeah. I just opened. So I had a two-week run and I call it a dry one, even though it was a little bit wet. And uh, we had to close. So I had, to, I had plenty of time to finish off the interior of my building. And yeah. I've, I'm really into the way things look. And that is something that people can't, will see with my labelling. And my first label that I ever created, being the Tempest 2 one, was made from metal. And so yeah. that's why it really took off uh, because it was something a bit different. And then the wine yeah. has to match because if you've got something glamorous on the outside, you can't have it all dressed up with nowhere to go. So you have to have... <laughs> well said. You have to have, <laughs> you have to have the combination because we've all seen products that have been um, got a lovely package, but they're not so... Uh, they don't match the package. They don't. They yeah. don't have the glamour of the exterior, and so uh, that's what I've continued to do. And look, if I can brag for a moment, one of the biggest accolades for me was winning um, the Global Packaging Award, a Global Packaging Award for wine. So, oh wow, that that was awarded in Paris, and that was uh, about or um, earlier this year. It was about wow! Well, congratulations. That's a huge thank accolade. Thank you. And you know, it's it's all for it's for me. It's all all in Paris. If it, if you can win something, and it's awarded in Paris, being uh, yeah, being a girl that likes to make wine, uh, mm. something that you would like an outfit. It speaks yeah. a, a thousand words. 
Um, right if out. the Parisians yes. are on your side, you've made it. <laughs> yes, that's the way I say, especially in the wine industry. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. And, yeah, well done. And so uh, the interior of my cellar door had to be perfect because I like, I, I, I suppose I've really come back to what I wanted to do. And you know, sometimes you look back and think about how you've gone in different directions. And the thing that I really, really loved in my school days was um, doing, creating things and visual arts was what I wanted to do. And mm. as I mentioned, and so uh, that not being traditional was why my father didn't like it. But now I've gone back to being able to fulfill that desire. So you've got to think yourself lucky when you've got all these things happen for you. And so oh, absolutely, having a cellar door that I could just create to have an interior the way I wanted. And the interior is, so I can't wait for you to visit, Jillian, and I can't wait for any of your listeners to uh, be on their way through and coming to the valley because I'm here and I'm going to look after you if anyone is passing by. And so my cellar door in the hunter is called VAMP. And the reason I've called it VAMP is, firstly, I thought, up the road is my dad's cellar and it's called McGuigan Wines. And <laughs> I get upset when people get me confused with my dad's wines because mm. they're more they're more uh, uh, they're more a crowd pleaser. And for people who have um, not been introduced to wine, it's a great way to start because the McGuigan wines are yeah. certainly uh, they're palatable for for many styles, and so they're. They're reliable and doing something a bit boutique, as you call it, uh, where it's slightly, I do slightly different styles. And I also don't want people to get me confused, me, get me confused with McGuigan wines. They do sometimes. They think I produce zero, but I don't. And <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Well, look, I guess, I guess it's out. just. The thing is, you're both such different personalities. So, of course, the, the personality that you put into your wines is going to be very different. And once people taste that, they'll they'll certainly know the difference. But um, you may actually be uh, surprised by how many people do know the difference between Lisa McGuigan and Brian McGuigan. So that's oh, a good thing. Oh, okay. Well, I don't yes. – it's not bad that they they think that. However, oh, of course I not. just thought having – look, it's got Lisa McGuigan out the front. I couldn't help myself. But it does – it is called VAMP because I wanted it to have a – a different personality and not just to be about one wine brand. And mm. so I wanted to have the flexibility. And so I've called it VAMP, V-A-M-P, as in vampire. But the definition of VAMP is flirtatious woman. So I thought <laughs> that was appropriate. <laughs> very, very appropriate. <laughs> and, and the VAMP bit means I can be, I can be black everywhere. Uh, yes. So cause that's my favourite colour, even though it's not really a colour. But the interior is gothic. And I think back back from um, the the days where I wanted to be also being wanted to be an artist and a punk it fits into that a bit and so the gothic feel is what it is like inside yep. and it's very metallic a bit like my labels so I during the virus I had plenty of time with my border collie and myself inside doing the finishes so that it was really ready to rock when I um, got was able to open again and so we've now been open, well, we've now been there for almost three years. And so, um, yes, it's in full function now and it's going really well. And I've 
been going between Sydney and uh, and the Hunter, but now I'm here most of the time because the seller is doing really well, and I get to meet some of my consumers rather than just selling into retailers and restaurateurs. Mm. And yeah. so I get to talk to the people that actually drink my wine. And there's certain days that I'm there, like I'm every, I'm there every Friday and every Saturday without a doubt. And so anyone who wants to meet the winemaker gets that chance. Saturday's obviously the busiest day for visitors in the valley. And uh, there's always lots going on here during the day. So, yeah, the, the VAMP is wanting to uh, look after anybody that, wants to come and visit and Gillian, if any of your listeners do want to visit, I'd love to welcome them and if they mention your name, we can definitely look after them in my VIP chain mail rooms. Oh, thank you. That's uh, that's lovely. Well, I, I look forward to getting it myself. Do I have to mention Excellent. my own name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, actually, well, we just had a, a text message come in. Um, uh, so this is for you, Lisa. Uh, oh. Hi, Jill. I noticed on a recent trip to the Hunter that some winemakers are putting their Chardonnays through malolactic fermentation, dependent on the vintage. Is Lisa doing the same? Uh, that is from KR. So I'm not sure who KR is, but uh, thank you, KR, for your message. Uh, can you answer that, Lisa? Hi, KR. Thank you for your message. The malolactic fermentation is, yes, definitely something we like to use in the Hunter. Uh, I've actually been using a few different... Uh, I do do malolactic fermentation and my uh, Chardonnay, that is my platinum style, I've got three uh, ranges. One is my entry level and that is the silver collection. Then there's the platinum collection and the uh, Chardonnay that's in the malolactic using malolactic fermentation is in the platinum and then I've also got a range that is just sold in the cellar door and the uh, way we've uh, created that is a different way which you might be interested in because if you like the malolactic fermentation results well I've used hemp seeds to fine my wine and that gives it a really nutty character and it's also a very uh, a lighter style, which is what malolactic is also like. So that's also something a bit different that you might be interested in trying in, in, the, in the Hunter wines when you're next looking at them. And so mine's actually available at Celador only, and we do have it on for taste, but it's something that I've been trialling, and it's going really well. So soon I'll be able to do my next vintage, and we'll be able to... Uh, have that available out in other areas in other bottle shops as well. 